If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 365 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing well, Chad. I'm doing well. We've got a year's worth of shows in the can, so if you're waiting... To do the Red Leg Radio Challenge, and you can begin uh, tonight, work your way backwards, one per day, and we'll see you next spring training. <laughs> the Red Leg Nation Radio Challenge, wow, 365 episodes, we have spent way too much time talking about the Reds here on Red Leg Nation Radio, it appears. I am kind of upset that I've spent so much of my time talking to people that I don't even know if they're really listening or not. They're downloading, but are they listening? Yeah. Money's the same either way. There you go. Uh, you want to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, Chris Garber? That's Why not? Let's try it for a change. <laughs> for a change, yes. So uh, the Cincinnati Reds are in spring training. and uh, Let's talk a little bit about spring training before we get to the big news of the week. Uh, really, and there's not a lot of big news other than uh, the Reds' future Hall of Famer, some news around him, but we'll get to him in a minute. Spring training is going on, and... You know, I'm sitting and watching. I haven't watched a ton of the the video coverage of spring training when they've been uh, televised, but I've watched some. And my wife walked in the room. And she says, "Is this a new thing? Did they always televise spring training games?" I was like, "Well, yeah, kind of. The last few years, anyway. We've been able to watch a few." Uh, do you watch a lot of spring training baseball? Not much, and that's not merely because my MLB TV uh, app keeps shorting out on me. But I don't. You know, it, like you get excited the first time and you turn it on, and then you're like, you, you go get a drink out of the fridge, and next thing you know, there's, you know, some some guy named Nicky Delmonico playing, and you're like, I don't, which team are you watching? And <laughs> right. and they all wear red jerseys. Yeah, so you never really actually know who which team is which. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, listen, uh, the people that watch every game, I'm all for it, and I do follow what's going on out there every game and I want to know who's doing well you know and, and you know Hunter Green and uh, and uh, Nick Lodolo have done well and I'm, I'm excited to follow kind of their progress but you can't really trust the stats and so and I'm not a scout so I don't really know what I'm watching sometimes I, I just like watching the Reds on TV you know we're rooting for laundry as we say um, you listen to their games on the radio uh, I didn't even know they were on that's the one that I I like listening to I mean Tommy Thrall's great you know, I mean, I like listening to them, but I, what are we listening for? <laughs> I I used to love it. Now this is the, th- you know, I think 
I think this is a thing maybe that has to do with them being on the West Coast. Um, but when I was a kid, and again, it was Marty and Joe, but you'd have those days in late February where they broadcast a game from Florida. And, it, you know, you'd look out, the, at, look out the window at your house and there was snow on the ground. And you could, you could, you know, you could feel the the palm trees swaying in the breeze when you listen to that game, and you just kind of dream of of spring. But I, I don't know. I just don't think I'm going to, you know, crank the radio up at at uh, eight oh five p.m. and listen to a game from from Goodyear, Arizona. The old Philco in your living room. You're not gonna, yeah, not gonna yeah. wind it up. And yeah, you know, I mean, if you're listening to it and enjoying it, great. Go to it, enjoy baseball however you want. But uh, and I like watching when I when I can see him. But and I read everything that's written about what's going on out there, and I'm following it as closely as anyone. But uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. Can't can't get too excited. But I am uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to watching the actual games when they happen. But what's going to happen in those games? Uh, some of us up in the air because our guy Joey Votto this is the big news of the week. Placed on the injured list this week, and there's a little bit of uh, you know confusion. You know, he hadn't played in a couple of days, and so everybody's like, what's going on here? And then. Um, we find his place on the injured list, and he gives permission uh, to the Reds to announce that it was because uh, he has contracted uh, the dreaded virus. So um, he has tested positive. Tested positive. Yes. I don't know if if he is is, is we don't know if he's ill. Right, and we hope he's not. And uh, you know, yes. he's uh, presumably in the best shape of his life. And so, hopefully, this will be a a thing that uh, I mean, it's you know, it can be scary for uh, people that have have a you know, a bad reaction to it, but hopefully he won't be that guy at the minimum. He's going to be out of camp for 10 days right now. What if it's longer? What if it goes into you know, where he's not ready for opening well, day? I mean, I guess it could be, I, I, I get the, uh, I, I found, I found this one pretty interesting and, and I don't want to minimize the, the potential illness here at all, but strictly as a baseball matter, I found it fascinating. that There's been all this conversation about who's going to play first for the Reds. When Joey Votto is going to miss, you know what, ten games? Yeah, we can. He probably would have only played. He probably would have played six of them anyway. And and he probably wouldn't have played more than right. two or three at bats at the most. So he's missing fifteen at bats. And he needs at bats to get ready for the season, but it's also it's Joey Votto. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I just found it like I'm like who, uh, who cares who's going to play first base for the Reds in these spring training games over the next week that I'm going to be watching basketball? <laughs> right. Well, there is a. <laughs> there's. A, I don't. You know what I mean? It's like it's just a weird thing. It's like everyone's acting like he's out for a really long time, and and you know, God forbid, but he's just like you see all these basketball guys all winter long, who have been kind of in and out, in and out. Teams shut down for ten days. They come back. They play basketball. I don't know if I'm like callous. But I, I don't think we need to worry about who's going to play first yet. <laughs> right. There was this, this series of articles all over uh, Reds Media this week about, uh, you know, what are they going to do? Who's going to be the first baseman? And uh, and I agree. You're, uh, what What's this mean for Jonathan India? <laughs> right. <laughs> guy who cares? I mean, nothing. It doesn't mean anything for anybody. Joey, I hope he's, you know, quarantining contently and, and feels great and is working out and will be fine. Yeah, right, exactly. But now I do think there is a question here that we probably at some point are going to have to ask: What if he gets hurt in the regular season? You know, that's that's kind of the the, the next level of the question here because the Reds yeah, really don't have fair. another that's first base conversation. Uh, you know, who, who who's it going to be? Is it going to be uh, Chesler C- Cuthbert? 
This is a real person, by the way. <laughs> Matt Davidson's not walking through that door, folks. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, you see all these articles that you're talking about, and it's almost laughable. I mean, you know, David Bell. David Bell here's what David Bell said. You know, we'll just we'll see our other guys. We have several players in camp that need to play anyway. Uh, it'll be more time for Cuthbert and Nicky Delmonico. We saw Heineman today. He made the plays. We'll just make the most of the time to see everyone else. I loved it. It's my oh, favorite quote. I love it, too. Now, it's interesting that he wants to see these first basemen because his stock answer on the pitchers is, is uh, we know what they can do. <laughs> right, yeah. Wade Miley, we know what he can do. <laughs> we know what he can do. We don't need to. We sure, do we ever. <laughs> hey, we saw Heineman today. He made the plays. That's up there with we got Jack for that. <laughs> it is way up there. Yeah, he made the plays. <laughs> Whenever Adam comes in a game now, at the end of the inning, I'm like, oh boy, he made the plays. <laughs> he made those plays. Uh, just to kind of right. address it, though, I mean, who is who is the backup for? I mean, you got a, you know, 48 year old first baseman. He's not for. I I am 48 years old, and and yes, you should be worried about my physical fitness. Votto <laughs> is is significantly younger than I, uh, but yeah, I think it's a fair question, I, and I do think that, like shortstop, uh, the Reds have just decided not to, to pre- pretend it doesn't have pretend it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. We don't. Uh, we're just gonna. Somebody will cover there. I mean, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I would probably be hitting uh, Jesse Winker some ground balls at first base. That's the question because I thought we talked about. You mentioned the the articles all about you know, who who's going to play in the next ten days. I don't, and maybe he is taking ground balls, but he seems like the obvious choice. That if if Votto can't not even if Votto's not hurt, just you know, you're giving him a day off. He seems like the obvious choice. I, I mean, even if, like, he also seems like the obvious choice of a guy who would enjoy goofing around at a different position. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like, does, doesn't Winker seem like the guy who would really get off on getting a first base mitt? Right. And, like, <laughs> strutting around out there. I don't know, maybe wears a helmet during practice, like Rude. I mean, I just feel like the possibilities here are uh, are are enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm telling you. Uh, Winker is uh, one of my favorites because he does he does seem that and you know I got a feeling that uh, after he goofs around out there we could probably say hey you know he made the plays. <laughs> I don't know. We got Jesse so, for that. <laughs> we got Je- they, they keep talking about uh, Mustakas moving over and playing first, which is fine I guess, but you create other problems there if, if you move him over. I mean, yeah, think- I mean that's totally the obvious answer, right? I mean, take the guy who's kind of corner infielder playing out of position already and put him back in his native habitat. Right. But if you do that, you not only, we, we already talked about, you don't have a shortstop, but now you don't have a second baseman either. <laughs> you get both the D strange Gordon and, uh, you know, Kyle farmer in the lineup at the same time. Oh, isn't there another Kyle on the team somewhere? Kyle Holder. Kyle Holder. Yeah. I've seen him a couple times. Uh, yeah. He's the one guy that supposedly can play the, the position, uh, shortstop defensively. I think he can play the position of striking out. What I've seen. <laughs> well, so can I. Right. I know this is this is my weekly caveat that when I'm talking trash about major league players, I'm completely ridiculous and I'm making a fool of myself. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what uh, you know. We we, we kind of made fun a little bit of uh, Doug Flynn at one point, you know, because you know Doug Flynn he was not the best announcer necessarily, but I loved his response when somebody he said was you know somebody come up and make fun of the, he, the fact that he hit you know I don't know. 
200 or whatever in the big leagues, whatever he hit. And his response was always, yeah, I made a lot of outs, but every single one of those outs were in the big leagues. That's a pretty good <laughs> you answer. Know, speaking, it is a great answer. and that, that I would completely wear it if somebody said that to me. You know, the thing about Doug Flynn that I didn't quite realize until uh, Joe Posnanski uh, is doing one of those 30 columns in 30 days about Major League Baseball. Yeah. And he, he flagged Doug Flynn as like, – he, he pointed out the fact that Doug Flynn only played for the Reds for three years. Is that right? Yes. Yes. He was gone from the Reds uh, like two and a half years into his Major League career and <laughs> yet is still like, you know, more or less a team ambassador. Honorary and, uh, Big Red Machine member. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's staggering the power of the big red machine, I guess, and uh, you know maybe maybe the fact that he's a, a UK fella, yeah, probably helps the local ish, right? Yeah, I guess, but yeah, wow, he picked a good time to he he picked the perfect two and a half years, yeah, right, to play for yeah. the Reds. So, but but ultimately, the, the what I'm hearing from you here, just to kind of circle back around, is you you don't seem like you're too enthused about the idea of. Uh, Watching uh, in the next ten days, Chesler Cuthbert or Nikki Delmonico. <laughs> uh, there is some great names on the Reds' spring training roster right now. It's true. Chucky it's true. Robinson, Rocky Gale. I mean, these are going to be all-time obscure former Reds. I kind of hope these guys make the team at some point. Yeah, really, absolutely. There's uh, a dude named Mark Colas Colasvery who. <laughs> who's played for the Reds this spring. And the best part about it, if you look on the, the MLB.com stat sheet, he has an X next to his position. Because I guess he just pinch hit. <laughs> He's just an X. He just says X. <laughs> what position do you play? N-A. <laughs> T-B-A. Uh, T-B-D, I should say. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm also convinced, if you look at Kyle Holder and Mark Collisvary, Keep flipping back and forth. You won't be able to tell me which is which. <laughs> and you know what? They could both play, you know, 50 games for the Reds this year. I still probably wouldn't be able to. And in five years from now, we'll yeah. look at their baseball reference page and be like, oh, I'm not sure I remember oh, that guy. guy. I remember him. Well, before we move on, uh, because I do want to move on, but I got to read okay. to you. I'm not going to say Up who. You. <laughs> I got, I, I'm not going to say who wrote this this article, this piece about the, the Joey Lottery. I'm not going to say who wrote it. I will say it's uh, it's not a, uh, it's no one at Red Leg Nation. Okay. Um, it's a uh, supposed uh, beat writer who's, you know, uh, again, I'm making no, it, this is nothing about the writing. It's fine. I just, I, I really, okay, four. we're down to four. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. Oh, it's well written and it's well reported. I don't know. This is not about the writer. It's right, about well, that, that, that knocks out one of them. <laughs> the Reds traded for Scott Heineman thinking he could be a backup in center field and at first base. First of all, how often do you hear that? Uh, that's what they used to say about Billy Hamilton. Exactly. He entered Wednesday's game as the team's leading hitter with six hits in his first 11 at-bats. First base is a work in progress. He hadn't played <laughs> He hadn't played an inning in the infield as a pro until 2019 when he started four games at first base, but he did play some infield in college. Uh, the Reds have told him to work on first base. Quote, I'm glad they told me from day one. I'm out here taking ground balls every day, Heineman said earlier this spring. Oh my goodness. This team. That's rough. I mean, that is not your best shape of his life. Has re reworked his swing and is really uh 
expecting big things or, you know, has added a third pitch. That is not the kind of spring training story you want written about you. It's a work in progress. What's that uh, quote oh. from uh, Moneyball? You remember what I'm talking about, uh, about playing first base? He's got a really, really big butt. <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, they, they, they're talking, I said, oh, for, I don't know, they're talking to Scott Hedberg maybe in the in the movie and played uh, capably by Chris Pratt. And uh, they're like, oh, tell him, you know, first base is uh, simple to learn to play first base. And the, the coach, uh, Ron Washington, I think, says, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I watched that the other day. My, uh, not my ball, but my son is a lefty. And he's trying to, you know, get some work at first base because the days of him turning two are, are done. Yeah. And uh, he had a co- one of our coaches worked with him for the full hour of practice the other day. Full hour standing right next to him at first base. He took every rep and this guy taught him something every single play. So it is, it was staggering how much work there actually is over there. Yeah, you put your worst defensive player there in the big leagues, maybe, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So, I don't know. Their backup center fielder is not going to be their backup first baseman. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Big yeah. Mike. <laughs> Why is his nickname Big Mike? Scott Heineman's nickname is Big Mike? Yes. His name is Scott Matthew Heineman. Nickname Big Mike. <laughs> that I actually... I, think... I love that. He makes, he's now my favorite like player. That too. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I wonder... You'd think that's like a... I'm going to check the rest of the like data fields here. Does it say he's like four foot two or something? No, it's... It all checks out. <laughs> That's amazing. Big Mike. Big Mike. Backup center fielder. Oh my gosh. Uh, you mentioned some uh, some spring st- stats just a moment ago. Didn't you do that? I did. I did. I was just looking at them earlier for some reason. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about spring stats for just a moment because it cracks me up every year. Because uh, you know everyone wants to freak out over who's doing well, and who's not doing well, and you know whatever. It's maybe instructive uh, to to see what's happening in some ways, but who has the highest OPS in Red's, uh, in Red's camp this year? Uh, Davey Grion. Is that how you say his name? I don't know how you say his name. Never heard of him. He doesn't play X. He's a DH. Davey Grion. I remember him and I have heard the name and I've read about him, but I'm not sure I pronounce his name correctly at all. Philly. He is a, uh, he has three hits and eight at bats. Two of them are home runs. Boom. I mean, really? Yeah. This guy is, I mean, he's the real deal. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like as fans, I, I feel like the teams get it. Like they don't put much stock in spring stats. And I feel like truthfully, most fans don't, but you'll still get that oddball deal. Like a couple springs ago when, when uh, certain beat writers were flogging Scott Shebler's 638. Yeah. Spring training batting average, you know, hard to ignore that. Yeah, that's what's why you got to keep Nixon Zell in AAA for you know twenty two days or whatever it took. Uh, you can't sit Shebler down. And what did Shebler do that year? Yeah, well, yeah. So uh, I, I think you get two things on the spring training stats. You get the guys who, uh, in terms of fans, you get the guys. Somebody gets like really doing well, and so you think, all right, here's here's this guy's gonna be great. I think of remember Josias. Menzanillo a few years ago. We need <laughs> yeah. to look up his spring stats because everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to be great. You know, great. Uh, remember the pitching staff? Yeah, right. Uh, your, your buddy Heineman's hitting 400. He is. Big Mike. And uh, 
The the other is that when somebody's doing really bad, it just it's for people who want to argue that somebody's really good or that somebody's or that somebody you know should make the team or somebody is not very good or we should be worried about them. You know, we should panic. Uh, Castellanos is two for fourteen. Right? Yeah. Is it time to panic yet? It's time to worry about Dwight Smith Jr. <laughs> is it though? I mean, it might be. <laughs> uh, so that's you know my that's my my thing is that. Uh, you really just need to ignore all of it. That's the, that over the years I've learned. You just need to ignore all of it. They're trying to get in, sh- and people are really freaking out about uh, Sean Doolittle, for example, who has not been good this year. You know, and the Reds got him to be a part of the bullpen, and he's just he's he's been bad. I mean, sometimes if a guy's done, you'll see it in spring. Like, uh, what was the guy's name the Reds had a few years ago who was a former closer who was just, oh, not Quackenbush. Kevin somebody, though, wasn't it? Kevin Gregg, maybe? Yeah, Kevin Gregg. I don't know. Like, I feel like Kevin Gregg had a bad spring as well as then came out of the blocks and just was just, he was just done. I mean, that was it, and, and they needed to cut bait on him. But I don't. I don't think Doolittle's not that old, right? I mean, he's not. He's coming off a year where he, he injured all year, and yeah, no, he's not. And he's he's got an ERA of thirty one point five this spring. Well, that happens. He's thirty four, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, but we're talking two innings, and I I literally saw people uh, today tweeting, and the, the the first of all, don't tweet. That's the best advice I can give any of you. Just how do you do that? Just don't do it. Just don't tweet. Tweeting. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, you know, oh, he's done. I knew this was going to be a problem. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Two innings? And he's been bad. I knew that. I knew that he's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, same. The corollary is uh, Hunter Green, you know, 27 innings or one inning, 27 ERA. Um, he's been pitching on the back. Yeah. You know, yeah, well. we, I, that one I watched and his his hits were like. A couple of bloops and a dink, and then he hung a slider and paid for it. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's a bust, though, right? Well, I'm, I can't say. Oh gosh, somebody's going to pull that out, and they're going to put it on Twitter, and they're going to get him to yell at me again. Mark on there. You had a question mark on there. <laughs> okay. Don't get him Hunter Green to yell at me again, please. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big Hunter Green fan. I love it. I still want to know who set him after you. Oh, I know who it was. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say his whole name because I don't want everybody to attack him. But his name is first name is Ryan, and he's actually one of our Patreon uh, family. I think because he feels guilty. I think he like snitch tag you. Yeah, kinda, kinda. <laughs> I want to know who set me up on the Molina for, again, for the Molina army the other year. Uh, give briefly, real quickly, give that story because some of some of our listeners haven't heard that. <laughs> I was I was listening to the radio one afternoon. And I heard Marty describe, this must have been 2019, I guess. Marty Brenneman. I heard Mar- Marty Brenneman, not Marty McFly, <laughs> describe uh, Yadier Molina, the Cardinals, as a a surefire Hall of Famer. And I thought, you know, he, he maybe he's a Hall of Famer. He's been a really good player. But I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we're not talking inner and, you know, circle. The, the, the conversation in the... In the, in the uh, I don't know if it was Brantley, probably Brantley with him. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and, like, there was no debate about whether he was a Hall of Famer. 
just like how much, how what kind of speech he was going to give or whatever, <laughs> kind of what kind of cake they'd serve at the induction. Celebratory neck tattoo, perhaps. Yeah, and and you know, I tweeted something again. You said never tweet, but like in my mind, this is how na- naive I am. I'm talking to like 30 people on Twitter. Like the 30 Reds fans who I interact with on Twitter, that's kind of the only people I have, right. believe like have access to my account. <laughs> <laughs> and I said something like, is Yadier Molina the most overrated player in baseball history? And I, I was actually asking that like for a conversation. I thought it was an interesting conversation topic and I wanted to hear what people thought. And I didn't mean he was no good. Yeah, just... I just meant like the, the gap between his rating and his actual felt like about as big as anybody I could think about. Yeah, he's maybe a Hall of Famer, really good player, but come on, inner circle? Everybody who talks about him, yeah. everybody on the, in the media who talks about him is like, oh, of course, he's you know, <laughs> right up there with Johnny Bench and, and Bench and Molina, and then you know, that's probably it for catchers. And uh, so anyway, somebody, like a day later, day and a half later, my Twitter started going berserk. And all these people calling me an idiot. Like, and I'm like, what is going on? Because they weren't even replying to that tweet. They were just saying this guy's a clown. And somebody had screenshot my tweet and put it on Instagram, on like MLBmemes.com or something, and had drawn the ire. And then, and then like uh, Derek Gould or or one of the Cardinals writers had like retweeted it for some reason. Like, oh. Couldn't disagree with this guy more. You know, like nothing like malicious, but right. opening the floodgates to Idiot Central. But you got hammered. I got. I just took it. I was in the barrel for a couple of days. It was just a weird thing. I was like, I, I you know, I, I, I own the, the comment. I don't disagree. I'm not going to retract it. But I didn't. Like, oh, you got all the attention you wanted, guy. And I was like, that was, the thing, that was the thing about it. I was like, I don't care. What do I get from clicks? Exactly. Yeah. What do I care if I got some attention for a tweet? Upside here, I'm just talking to my friends, and you guys kind of overheard me and got mad. So, you know, I think it earned us a one star, our only one star review of the book, though. I know. uh, I blame you for that to this day. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It adds (laughs) authenticity to the other five star reviews. Exactly. So uh, basically, the whole point of the story is everybody that's listening needs to go to Amazon and give us a five star review on the Big Fifty. Yeah, order the book first. Yes, please, please order the book and read it. It's, it's good. It Chris's really chapters are good anyway, and see if you they're can pick out still, which ones they all, are. One hundred percent still current. Yeah, there have been no big moments since that book <laughs> came out. Oh, More mercy. men. Well, my thing with uh, Hunter Green was that I was not. I said nothing bad about Hunter Green, and uh, it still got on the front page of the Inquirer somehow. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. I don't want to revisit that. The reason I mentioned spring stats is I wanted to ask you this question. There is a lot of talk about Jonathan India. <laughs> and I will concede that I am in love with the uh, Jonathan India's hair. Can I interrupt you for a minute there on, on this topic? Please do. Okay, so I told you I hadn't watched much Reds baseball. And I think loyal loyal listeners know that my, my wife is a... Uh, is a Cubs fan, not a Reds fan. Oh, so she doesn't watch a lot of Reds. Yeah. So, but I have watched both games where Jonathan India has like gratuitously knocked his own hat off. <laughs> he does that. My wife was in the room. Like she saw it once and she was like, 
And then a couple days later, she's like, wait, is that the same guy? <laughs> and then he ran to the next base and he did it again. But the Reds need to get that dude a hat that fits. <laughs> Somebody said put a chin strap on his on his helmet like he's a, you know, playing T-ball. That's something. It is something. Uh, you know, I got to say, though, if you had hair like that, and I've seen you, you don't have hair like that. I don't have hair. like My hair doesn't grow down. It grows up and out. <laughs> Wouldn't, would you not try to expose as many people as possible to that hair? If you had the opportunity, uh, I probably would. I yeah. probably would. I'd probably take in fuel if I had a hat. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. So his hair game's strong. His <laughs> knock off my helmet game, very strong. Pretend like I'm running really hard, but accidentally my hand goes up and knocks my helmet off. That's always a good move. Yes. Yeah, classic. Yeah. But, and he's had a good spring so far in what? 14 at bats. <laughs> Why are we talking about Jonathan India? I mean, listen, I, I have, I started to tweet something tonight and I deleted it because I just don't tweet as good, good advice, right. but he's tough, man, because you know, I don't see it. I haven't seen it. I mean, he's, he's, he hasn't done it yet at the minor league level. I don't know what goes on at Prasco park. Maybe, maybe he did it over there. Well, a lot of people are uh, there. He did get good reviews out of the ketchup factory there in the, in the games that nobody could see. <laughs> Um, what position? What's his position? That, that's my first question. There's nowhere for him to play here. Um, I mean, maybe you can try to move Moustakas and put him at second, but who's going to take Moustakas? I mean, I like Mike Moustakas, but I can't imagine he's got a lot of value on the trademark with that contract right now. But I, just, I, don't, I don't think he's a big leaguer right now. I need to see him do something in the minor leagues first. And some people think I'm crazy for saying that. I'm, I'm not all in on Jonathan India yet. I hope. Former first-round pick, I hope, but I, what am I missing? I guess is my question. Can you see what I'm missing? No, I'm I'm not I'm not a high man on him either. I'm I'm uh, I, no, I, I mean if I you know I I need to see something. I need to see something before I can I can uh, get there. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm happy to believe because he was you know coming out of Florida, first-round pick, and you know. Top five. The Reds have had nothing but success out of SEC infielders over the years. <laughs> really? I mean, you got to take a, a, a swipe at Nixon Zell? Brandon Larson comment. Oh, I thought it was a gratuitous. Kyle swipe. Farmer comment. Kyle Farmer. Oh, yeah, he was Nixon an SEC Zell. infielder. Yeah. Jeff Keppinger comment. <laughs> Jeff Keppinger. You don't know if he was a SEC infielder. He's a Georgia guy, a, a Rosecrans favorite. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Jeff Keppinger. How do you get to be a Rosecrans favorite? You just got to go to Georgia? Yeah. I didn't go to Georgia. That's why he hates me. I I don't. You know, I'm just looking at the 2018 draft when the Reds took Jonathan India don't fifth say overall. It. Don't say it. What? Who they take ahead of him? No. Well, Ryan I mean, Weathers who, is the guy I'm looking at. Yeah. I, you know, I, I Ryan Weathers literally like played on the Great American Ballpark field when he was about seven years old. Yeah. Uh, son of David Weathers. I I and I really like that kid. I I just. I don't know. I'm just was wondering if you remember why they didn't take him. I hope they didn't take him because David Weathers gave me more headaches than any player in Cincinnati Reds history. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had some good times, but I would never, ever pay a single dollar to another Weathers. <laughs> ever. Do you remember how scary it was when he'd come in a game? I, I didn't blame him. I blame the team for putting him in that spot. I felt like he was like a really good setup man 
that was miscast as a as a closer for two and a half seasons. Nah, I blame Dan. Fair. <laughs> he should have been better. Why wasn't he better? I'm not as good as I want you to be. Yeah. Please play better. Yeah. All right, anyway. So, uh, so there's an argument that's been made. And I think this is actually a legitimate argument. I think uh, Steve Mancuso made it uh, in print. But since AAA is not starting until, you know, whenever they start March, I mean uh, May, that maybe we should keep Indy on the, on the roster and let's see if he can help at all on the big league roster. And I don't have a problem with that necessarily. I mean, you know, let's see him against some big league pitchers. But I don't know. I've not seen anything to I'm make me think. That. I mean, they don't have any. It's, it's, he's certainly not like shorting out like some really good guy from a roster spot if he's if he stays around. Well, Big Mike Heineman. Big Mike. Big Mike's in center. Max Schrock. Right. What a Max Schrock. This is the real guy. Max Schrock. Yeah. Oh mercy. I yeah, I don't know. I just I thought I thought you might have something for me on uh No, I'm 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 probably lower on him than you. Yeah. I, I hope yeah, I haven't given up hope that he's going to be a player, but I'm waiting to see it. Did you know the Reds have a catcher named Chucky Robinson in camp? Yeah, I mentioned Chucky a little while ago. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I don't listen when you talk. Do you, you know talk. Max Schrock is an SEC infielder? Oh, really? Where, where'd he go? University of South Carolina. Is that an SEC school? Isn't it? It's an original ACC school, currently SEC. Okay. All right. I went to a college baseball game. He might have been playing there when I went to a, a little bit of my party around that time. A game at uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, Mississippi State versus uh, versus South Carolina, and man, there were people tailgating. It was amazing. SEC baseball is crazy. Oh, you got no comment on SEC baseball. I'm for it. What about Alejo Lopez? You ever heard of that guy? No. Hit on the Reds. Hit two hundred for the Reds. Five yeah. at bats. All right. Anyway, enough of that. Spring training. If you enjoy watching it, watch it. If you enjoy listening to it. Great. I'm ready for the season to start. Can I ask you about one guy? Please. Alex Blandino. Ah, interesting. A Pacific 12 infielder. He is. Where do you go? He went to Stanford, right? Stanford. He doubled in the bottom of the Leland sixth tonight. Stanford, Leland Stanford Junior University. I've heard of it. He had a two RB two uh, two RBI double tonight to put the Reds up seven to two over the. Uh, over the shy socks, the pell hose. RBIs is the name of the game. Ribeye stakes. Let me tell you about Blandino. I swear I think I would give shortstop to him right now. You know what? I'm, again, not that, I'm, uh, once again, a low man, but why not? <laughs> I think that's probably it. I think that's probably the, 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 the lowest floor option that they've got. Yeah, I don't think either of us are saying that he's going to be good, right? No. But he's got a chance. I don't know getting... if he's even going to be cromulent. <laughs> right. He could perhaps but if it's him or Kyle Holder or Kyle Farmer or Kyle Strange Gordon or <laughs> Kyle Garcia. First of all, every shortstop this year we're going to call Kyle. That's that's the new thing here on. <laughs> Kyle Strange Gordon. I love it. <laughs> Kyle um, Concepcion. <laughs> I just uh you say the the you know the highest floor, I mean he's a guy that's got a chance of getting on base a little bit. He's done that in the minor league some. Can he play it defensively? Uh, can Kyle Farmer? Who cares? Who we, cares? Know, we know Kyle Strange Gordon can't. I mean, come on. Nope. Um, I don't think Kyle Farmer can. No, I don't either. I don't I don't either. I don't think defensive if we're talking Phil just Gosselin. defensively. <laughs> Phil Goslin. Now listen, hold on now. Former ACC infielder Phil Goslin. 
exactly at the University of Virginia. Um, Same school as Nick Howard. They're the reigning uh, basketball national champions. Yeah, we'll have to suffer through that much longer. <laughs> you've milked that. You've milked that longer than anybody could possibly imagine. <laughs> oh, it's been fantastic. I love it. Um, why isn't Blandino the shortstop? I mean, why well, isn't why isn't he the he leader in the clubhouse? I, I think it's because he can't play the position. What but, does that matter right now? Yeah, fair. I, I'm with you. I'm. <laughs> I tweeted today the uh, the Indians released uh, Billy Hamilton. I said, you know, if we're just going to punt on shortstop, let's just bring he, Billy back and put him back in his he original. He was an original position. shortstop, right? Yeah, let's just put him there. And you know, you t- are you telling me that Kyle Farmer is going to hit better than Billy Hamilton this year? Would you would you take the uh, take that bet? Yeah, I would, I would take that. Bet. Really. Billy, you know, you might want to check the numbers. Billy is not—he's not good. Been a uh, successful hitter in his major. He doesn't have a strong track record of hitting. Well, then why has he been with six different teams uh, since he left the Reds? Clearly, teams think he—he's good. Strong at running. <laughs> he's very strong at running. Uh, all right, so Blandino or one of the Kyles? We go. I go Blandino. Just because he has a chance of actually getting on base, and none of those I'm other guys. I, I would totally do it. I would totally do it. He can't be worse defensively than Farmer or Strange Gordon, right? I actually think Strange Gordon is going to get most of the starts at shortstop this year. I think Strange Gordon is going to get released. Yeah, maybe it's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> He's either going to play. The- is it bad to call him Strong Jay? <laughs> oh, he probably would prefer that, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know. All right. You want to answer some viewer mail questions? We've kind of done it. We've kind of done it. Let's answer some viewer mail questions. These questions fire, are rapid fire, rapid fire, as rapid as we can. we got a few of them, so let's try to get through them. These come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, patreon.com slash redlegradio. For those of you that are trying to write that down as quickly as you can, that's where you can go to support the uh, the podcast, join the family. First question comes from our buddy Joe Farsing. This one's right up your alley, Chris Garber. Sounds good. Lyle Landley, Troy McClure, or Lionel Hutz? Greatest Phil Hartman-voiced Simpsons character. Lyle Landley. Bill McNeil, the voice of Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. The real deal with Bill McNeil. And if if any of you don't understand what that reference is, I'm really kind of disgusted with you. I apologize, but that's what I've been doing lately. Yeah. Lyle Landley, Uh, the monorail salesman. mm -hmm. Troy McClure or Lionel Hutz. Now, Landley was just a one-off character, so can you put him up there with Troy McClure or Lionel Hutz? I do. I, I'm a, I'm a Landley guy all the way. You've been a Landley guy from way back. Lyle Landley played seven minutes and scored 22 points on six of six three pointers, and he was fouled twice. <laughs> he did have a he did have a big uh, one game. Uh, <laughs> just went nuts. He did, and then was never heard from again. I don't know, man. I got to go with Troy McClure. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films as whatever film strip you're watching in health class. Uh, you can't go wrong with any of them. Yeah, I think I, I think I go with uh, I think I go with Troy McClure. Yeah, definitely. Phil Hartman, rest in peace. Oh my goodness, what a what a talent. Scholar Webker asks, and I don't know, we may have already answered this. We'll see if there's anything else we can add to it. What is the path to get Jonathan India on the big league club this year, and can he play shortstop? Why not? 
<laughs> Anybody can play it, evidently. Uh. <laughs> uh, you know, I think probably the answer is that India can't play shortstop defensively. I mean, like, it must be bad. Because why wouldn't you not put him there right now yeah, if he could? Who is it? Right. And that, I, it's, it's, it's honestly a very confusing um, it's a very confusing thing about who, who can play shortstop because they think Kyle Farmer can. With no Nick evidence. Nick Senzel and Jonathan India cannot. And D. Strange Gordon can. It's Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm no scout. So. <laughs> you know, I, I think the chances are that you give me Senzel and India. I would bet they could play this position defensively better than uh, you know Farmer and Strange Gordon. Like two guys against two guys playing shortstop. Who, who who's the best defensive duo? It's unorthodox, but I'll allow it. <laughs> the first part of that question: What's the path to get him on the big league club? Again, I'm not sure. Do we want him on the big league club? I mean, yeah, he's got a. He's got to chart that path himself. Yeah, he's no Scott Heineman. Sometimes you have to ask what uh, what you can do for your country. <laughs> Something like that. Good question here by Charles Zollers. Would you rather win the World Series this year, but the Castellini family stays in power for 70 years, running the team how they have been running it? <laughs> this is like one of those questions, you know, would you rather fight... Uh, you know, one. Yeah. What's that question? Yes. Like uh, one. Eleven Ryan Friel size Adam Duns. <laughs> right. Yeah. Would you rather win the World Series this year, but the Castellini family stays in power for seventy years, running the team how they have been, which is awful, or have ten awful losing one hundred game seasons, but bring in an aggressive owner who tries to win after those ten years? This is easy. Okay, for me. so I'm. I take the money right now. I am not going to live 70 more years anyway, so that's somebody else's problem. I may not live 10 more years, given the way the world's been aggressive. I don't care about some aggressive owner trying to win. I'll take one bird in the hand. That's that's easy call for me, yeah. I don't care about some you know aggressive owner who tries to win after I'm dead. <laughs> and truthfully, the world, the world may be gone in 10, 10 years anyway. So right. if you look outside, <laughs> right, give me that world series, baby. And then I'll just, you know, whatever Castellini can baseball be played in a batting cage with a, a hit tracks machine before long. <laughs> Probably the nerds have ruined it. So who knows what it'll be? <laughs> Stupid nerds. Uh, yeah. So we agree on that one. Uh, Charlie, give me that world series. John Majewski. He asks at patreon.com slash Radio. the Reds have had some very good pitchers who have made the screwball one of their primary pitches, including Fred Norman and Tom Browning. But the screwball has all but disappeared from MLB. Why? For teams look for every conceivable advantage, one would think that it would be worthwhile to have prospects at least give it a try. Well, I think the biggest reason is you don't throw the screwball fast. Velocity is everything now. Yeah, I think it does something. If I if I understand it right, too, that to throw it properly, you end up doing things to your elbow that aren't great for your arm. Right. So I think a lot of guys try to get that off that arm side movement with change ups now. Who was the guy? The, the kind of the, the legend was. Gosh, who was it? It'll come to me as we're talking it probably, but he threw the screwball, you know, so much that his his hand like you know you put your hands down at your sides and your palms face your you know your legs his his arm that he threw the screwball with was 
his palm was facing away from his leg. <laughs> that like Carl Hubble or something? Yeah, maybe it was, yeah. Carl Hubble, somebody that threw it so much. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's kind of like the knuckleball. You know, can you get an advantage with somebody throwing the knuckleball? Did you see the video of the guy oh, from the Orioles? I ask you that. Yeah, that was insane. What's that guy's name? I can't even remember, but man. That, I don't know. I they, don't know. Charlie Huff? <laughs> Charlie Huff, I think so. They slowed down. If you haven't seen it, go look for it. They slowed down the knuckleball that he threw. And it was it's just a, a gorgeous video. Just, you know, the ball not oh, Yeah, moved. it's one of those, like, super-duper-duper slow-mo deals. Uh, Mickey Janice. There you go. Mickey, the immortal. And they, they zoom in on the ball. At first off, the guy looks like a knuckleballer should look. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, uh, I don't know, portly. Is that the word? Yeah, portly is a good word. Um, and uh, they zoom in on the ball as it's going, and it literally is not rotating up one three hundred sixtieth of a of a rotation. You know the knuckleball and the screwball. The knuckleball makes sense to me. Why? That's one that I think teams should maybe utilize more in, in this day of you know hundred mile player fastballs. The screwball, I, I think that you hit on the on the idea that man, that's a big injury risk, and that's probably why it's disappeared. But why don't we see more screw, more knuckleballers? I don't know. You know, I've got this whole this whole like hierarchy theory. If I was running a major league team, where I would take I would take every position player and I would try them out on the mound before I released them. Oh yeah, like in the minor leagues, you're going to release your uh, yeah. you know backup yeah. catcher. Yep, be like go ahead and try it. You know, because you get what Kenley Jansen wasn't he was like a bad yeah a bad catcher. Tim Wakefield. Yeah. And then I would say, and after that, I'm like, any pitcher is going to get cut. Like, if you want to try a knuckleball. We'll give you a shot. Take a look. I like it. That's a great idea. When are we going to buy a team and and kind of implement that? I don't know. Have you you seen the rules for the minor leagues that they just announced today? I did not see that. It's just like all kinds of. I saw somebody complaining about it, but what what, what was it? I did. Like every level is going to have a separate, like, uh, Separate new rule set of like what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed. Like, like I think it, uh, what is it? Double A. They're banning the shifts, and at some other level, like I think you have to step off the mound to throw over, which I, I guess puts Rick Sutcliffe and all left-handers at a disadvantage. Uh, and like every every level's got some kind of a a, a weird quirky rule they're going to test out, like they used to do. Oh, Triple A, Triple A. It's just the bases are going to be really big. <laughs> like cartoonishly big bases. I love it. That's probably what we're going to see going forward uh, in the minor leagues. Now that the MLB is kind of you know um, taken over the minors, we're going to see that it's going to be like you know uh, what they used to say about uh, the reasons for having fifty different states. You know, it's a laboratory for democracy. Yeah. Each one of them. You know, yeah. that's what that's what the minor leagues are going to be. That's it. Well, so. you know, I mean, the kids have always been clamoring for bigger bases. I do want cartoonishly large bases. Like, I mean. Really large, like these big, uh, you know, bouncy houses you see at the at the kids' parties. <laughs> you jump <laughs> on there and you. Great. The guy uh, slides. He's like fifteen feet away from the guy with the ball. Yeah, you get some guy that can jump really high, so he can bounce on it and bounce all the way to third base. Yeah, it's great. It'd be a great fantastic. idea. I love many it. Tramp, many tramps at every corner. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Andrew Scott Willis asks, "What's the best seat slash view that you've had for a game at Great American Ballpark?" Mm-mm. You know, I've I've been in the diamond seats. I was in the diamond seats once. It was great. Oh, I'm gonna try that someday. Yeah, I just one time it was late in the season, uh, a couple of years ago, and I was like, you know, um, good price on eBay or not eBay, uh, StubHub. Stub hubs. I said, you know what? Let's, 
my son and I were going, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And it was, I'm not going to pay, you know, full price. I'm not going to do it very yeah. often, but it was pretty good. Well, you know, I've always wanted to do that and I always figured I'll do it for my birthday, but every year, um, there's never any tickets available. Oh yeah. Jan- January 13th. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never at home that day, right? They're never home. Yeah. So someday. But I'll say this, uh, you know, in the, I think it was the last season of great or of, uh, Riverfront Stadium. It was Synergy Field at the time. Went up there with my cousin and, and my uncle and uh, to watch a game in that last season. And nobody was there. We were right behind home play. And they were playing the Astros. I think it was the last season. It might have been the next to last season. I'm pretty sure it was the last season. Anyway, uh, it's it basically the same spot where I was at Great American Ballpark in the Diamond Seats. And we got really cheap tickets right behind home play. And the only reason I mention it is because my uncle is a, a noted loudmouth. <laughs> and he got Jeff Bagwell so upset. By calling him baggy pants all day. That bugged him, huh? It bugged him. He was like staring a hole through this guy, through my uncle. And uh, it's been a, that's gone into our family lore. But anyway, so well, what's your best seat? Uh, you know, I had it at, at Riverfront. I had through a friend of a friend of a friend got seats right on the aisle behind home plate, probably six or eight rows up behind the plate. And I was, yeah, I don't know. It must have been. And my uncle took me down there. He got them. And I was probably nine or ten years old. And I was pretty geeked up about being down there. And uh, I don't know who the home plate umpire was, but he was kind of demonstrative in his strike three calls. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I started kind of mimicking it from back where I was. And <laughs> he kind of one of those guys that does like the pivot, like the 90-degree pivot. <laughs> and I... I stuck my right leg out in the aisle as I was punching out a, a hitter, <laughs> and uh, the beer vendor was coming down. Oh, no, no. Just, I tripped the daylights out of this poor guy, <laughs> and he did one of those, like, uh, stumble runs, about five more rows down, and thankfully he didn't douse all the the, the uh, Genesee cream ale all over the fans <laughs> in the area, but... Fantastic. Yeah, that was my one. That was my one time down there. That that's probably the best view. I I personally like the the lower view level at Great American. Yeah, they're they're all good seats. The upper deck, but you go downward to get to it. Yeah, the, actually, those are because you're kind of hanging out over the lower deck a little yeah. bit. Those are yeah. You can probably see the game a little better there than just about anywhere. Got to be the best value. Yeah. For yeah. It. yeah. Anytime we're in the upper deck, we try to get there because yeah, it's it's uh it's fantastic. Um. You know, I've I've been out in the moon deck, sun deck, moon deck, and I don't like that it. right field. Yeah, out in right field, and I don't like it, and a lot of people like it, and it's you know it, it's not that expensive. But I'll tell you what, being out there for when Jay Bruce hit the home run at Clown Clinchmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was that's the best time I've had at Great American Ballpark. But a lot of good seats at Great American Ballpark. Underrated stadium, in my opinion. We we sat one time, my son and I, at uh, it's like Luis Castillo was like third game. We sat in the front row whoa, whoa, of the field. Hold on. You were at Luis Casillo's third game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So I just remember, it was the first time we'd seen him pitch. But we were in the uh, the front row of left field. And that's one I won't recommend because you're you're pretty low. Like, the left field wall comes up to, like, I don't know, like, like pretty high even on an adult. And for a little kid, they can't really see over that the wall without standing up. Yeah, I've I've been out I've been just about everywhere I guess in that stadium and I don't, I don't like the outfield spots at all. Um, 
I don't know. I like uh, any of the any of the. I wish that we still had blue seats. We could call them that, but we can't call them that anymore. It would be easier, like Riverfront. But uh, every, every place in that stand, though, really. I mean, it's it's well designed. It's it's underrated. I just uh, if you're going upper deck, though, you got to go. I don't even know what it's called, but when you when you go up and but you go down to your seat. Those are those are great seats. So good question. Um, since I mentioned the moon deck, let me just quickly give a, a, my favorite story about Riverfront Stadium. One of my favorite stories: we were out in right field at Riverfront Stadium, and the blue seats in right field, and uh, beyond the right field fence. And uh, oh, that like like two that two row secret section out there. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, there weren't very many seats out there, and um, I almost caught a Hal Morris home run out there. Well, we had a home run out there by Fernando Valenzuela. Oh yeah! It was a uh, it was batting practice, but it was Fernando Valenzuela, and uh, you know the 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 I was probably I don't know, nine or ten or something. And the ten year old kid right next to us was I mean he was all over it. He was about to get it, and my mom like stepped on his hand to try to, <laughs> to try to get that ball for us. This is D. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean she really was savage. This legendary moment that we talk about every Christmas about how she stole the the Fernando. Did she Valenzuela get the ball? ball? Oh yeah, she got the ball. My younger brother got it. She gave it to him. But, uh, oh, yeah, it's still it's still in our family. It's in our family hall of fame. So, anyway. Oh, Some kid with a mangled hand out there in Red's country. <laughs> if that's you, I'm sorry. But, listen. <laughs> it's Mrs. Dotson. You can't, you can't do anything with her. All right, Mike Perry. Perry has, uh, let's see, two questions. I think we can get, uh, let's, let's go with the first one here. If a time traveler from the future tells you that the Reds win the World Series in 2021, what do you think went right to make that happen? I like that. I like that. I like the time traveler. Um, I'm not sure I see a path to the Reds winning the World Series. <laughs> Lots of injuries in San Diego and L.A. Earthquakes, significant <laughs> earthquake damage to Dodger Stadium and Petco Park. <laughs> I think the answer <laughs> The answer is, uh, you, you kind of hit on it. The answer is really a ton of luck. I mean, if there's a there's a path they could get to the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, it's kind of a crapshoot. But they're going to have to yeah. have a lot of luck because there are some teams that are significantly better. It's, you know, it's probably it's probably Votto Mustak. Are you there? Did I lose you? No, do you want to hear me? Okay. You Hello? said Votto Mustak? Mustakis. <laughs> yeah. And Castellanos. I mean, it, it. but it's really everybody having a career year. I mean, it's all, it's you, you know, you, you roll nine, nine sevens in a row. Yeah, well, I don't know about career year. I think you get some of these guys like Castellanos and Mustak to play the back of their baseball cards. And then you get Sinzel and, and, uh, you know, uh, Stevenson and Stevenson and Akiyama kind of taking a step forward. And then you can kind of see it. And then you got to, but you got to have Tyler Malley and maybe TJ Antone in the rotation, but, uh, doing well to get him there. But I don't know. Um, no, I- I have uh, breaking news that will not be news to anybody tomorrow. Let's hear it. That is, uh, Wade Miley has a hamstring injury. Ooh. Ouch. He left tonight's game early and is uh, walking under his own power to the to the car after the game, but uh, well, has, been escort. <laughs> has been diagnosed. Well, you know, that probably is good news for, uh, for maybe the Reds. Although I, I, I think that Miley can can help the Reds. I really do. He's been injured since he's been Red, but that might be big news for TJ Antone. Well, I hope it's good news for TJ Antone and not good news for Michael Lorenzen. 
could be good news for both of them. You think both of them in the rotation? Um, well, I mean, if if Miley's out of the, yeah, and we don't know that he is, but if he's out, that's your four and five to me. That's it. We're down to Sal Romano here before long. Sal Romano, maybe Big Mike uh, Heineman. All right, Mike, you have a second question that I'm going to actually I'm not going to ignore it, and it's going to make uh, it's, quickly. Because Chris and I talked about this before we came on. I'm going to ask him this one very quickly. I need a quick answer. I know Chris is doing a Lost rewatch. What yes. character from Lost do you think would make the most effective shortstop for the Reds? Smoke Monster. I have no idea what that means. Um, okay. So Kyle Kapler. Now I'm going to I just answer, we quickly answer two of Mike Perry's questions. So Kyle, I'm sorry. Just uh, yell at me on Twitter, please. We're going to answer one of yours, and then if we get time, we'll come back to your second one. And so I'm going to choose between the two. God, they're both good questions. Let's go with this one. If you manage the 2017 Reds, and your team needed a loss to secure the number one pick in the draft, would you have, which of these players would you have take a critical at bat? Yeah, this is a good question. Which of these players would you have take a critical at bat late in the game to make this happen, to get the Reds be able to secure that number one pick. Oh my gosh, there's so many good choices. <laughs> Here's the three that he, he, he gives us. Arizmendi Alcantara, <laughs> who got like a game-winning RBI for somebody this week in spring training. Patrick Kivlahan or Stuart Turner? <laughs> I, I, no Zach Vincent? <laughs> can you believe it? Do you remember Stuart Turner? Yeah, I do. I, I, I thought he was a catcher, Turner right? It was like, maybe he's okay. I don't know. Like... Oh my gosh, he played a lot. Patrick Kivlahan was the former uh, college football player, like at an Ivy League school or somewhere. No, he was no, at no, Rutgers. He's a, isn't he a Michigan man? No, I think we're Rutgers. Oh, he's uh, from the Rutgers Mafia with uh, with uh, what's his face? Is there someone You're else right? in the Rutgers Mafia? He's, uh, yeah, who's the who's the guy I'm thinking of? Who's the who's the Michigan man? Oh, that was uh, Drew Bledsoe. That's like <laughs> 20 not, years ago. <laughs> not Drew Bledsoe. We'll get there. Uh, Kivlahan is the guy I would pick because all I saw him do was like kick balls and strike out. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go Kivlahan. He had nine home runs for that team? <laughs> Sorry. Is that possible? I don't know how. Patrick Kivlahan hit nine home runs in the major in, leagues? In 200 at-bats, in 178 at-bats, he hit nine home runs for the Hold Reds. On. He got 178 at-bats for that team. Yeah, I know. That's what – it's staggering. He played more than half the team's games. <laughs> I'm going to tell him myself on Arizmendi Alcantara. I'm only telling this because if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I don't know what I'm talking about. I wrote a piece for Red Leg Nation in which I compared Arizmendi Alcantara's minor league stats with Brandon Phillips' minor league stats. And they compared very favorably. So I was like, hey, who knows? Maybe Arizmendi Alcantara – is the next Brandon Phillips. Yeesh, don't go look for that at, at Relegation. Please don't tweet it. <laughs> Never tweet. Oh, good question. Kyle Kapler. Ryan Lamar, by the way, is the Michigan man. Oh, yeah, Ryan Lamar. Uh, first round, second round pick. He was a second round pick in the 2010 draft. Yeah. He was athletic, I think I remember. Uh, he had nice hair. <laughs> Who's the best... Uh, University of Michigan grad that ever played for Virginia? Easy question. Played for Virginia? Played for the Virginia Reds. I wish. Virginia Reds. Um, the Cincinnati Reds. Chris Sabo? Wrong. 
Clearly they're wrong. Dennis Rasmussen? <laughs> Barry Larkin. Get oh, yeah. out of here. I don't even know. Actually, I don't Jimmy Nelson in that draft, by the way. Who? Or Anderson, or Anderson Simmons. <sighs> Both taken in the second round after Kivlin, or after uh, Lamar. Reds have made some mistakes. Gary Hilliard asks this question. Knowing that Joey Votto has extensively read and studied Ted Williams' book, The Science of Hitting. You read that book? I have. I have. I tried to get my son to read it. In my house. Yeah, we have. My, my son's not that interested. My son actually looked through it and and, and uh, parroted a couple of the things back to me. I was really surprised. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I'm going to get you to call it's my son. Pic- got pictures in it. <laughs> I like pictures. I only read books with pictures. What? Which hypothetical book, Gary asks, would the famous co-authors of The Big 50 rather help write and why? So here is his two choices. The Complete Guide to Pitching, Volume 2, by Derek Johnson with Chad and Chris, or The Science of Hitting, a 21st Century Update by Joey Votto with Chad and Chris. You know, the, the Votto book is is a dream. Yeah. I, I I don't, I honestly don't think I have what it takes to write that book with him. Wouldn't you have to try, though? Oh, I'd, I'd love to just, I, love, I just want to read it. <laughs> right, yeah. So, and again, I think. But yeah, like, I don't think I could really understand what he's saying. He's just on a different level. Yeah. With the way he understands hitting. And he yeah. needs someone who can, like, understand that and communicate it to dummies. And I'm the dummy. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to read. I want to find out what he's communicating to me. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for it. The Guide to Pitching with Derek Johnson. I think I think that's an interesting book, but I think it's clearly Votto. Yeah, I have I have Johnson's book, too, and it's a great book, but it's it's not interesting per se it's much more of like a man like it's like it's like a how-to it's like a manual i have his book and it's not good i mean it's, it's not no, bad it's but it's book. it's just not like it's not like william's book which is like interesting reading and provocative johnson's is like this is clearly the best way to pitch just follow these steps and you'll be fine so yeah. it's kind of empowering for a pitcher but it's not like scintillating reading if you're not gonna step on the mound and i'm and i'm not all right, Risto Neely and uh, Risto, come on, man. Too many words here. Good evening, Dean of Students Dotson and Mr. Chris Garber Esquire. Recently, there's been a much discussion amongst the slackers on the channel as to what criterion should be used during spring training to select the players to be placed on the roster and also for the starting rotation. Again, this is a Slack channel that if you join for as little as $2 a month, you can join our Slack channel where we talk about the Reds. It's like Twitter without the... You know, nonsense. Anyway, okay. The two most popular camps are those who think a player's entire body of work should decide. Secondly, those who think the player's spring training performance should be used. And also a group who believe the Reds have traditionally just picked their favorite players for the team without much regard for the other factors. The question, uh, let's see here. Um, again, spring training stats. I think we've already kind of answered this. What's the, what are the both of you think is the actual correct method of roster and rotation selection and is spring training a competition? Give us your thoughts. Um, I mean, I think the answer here, Chris, and you can tell me if you disagree, is like you don't, you just ignore it. We've already talked about it. You just ignore spring training, except for maybe if it's a competition for the, the 25th player on the roster, or 26th uh, this, this day and age, or maybe the final reliever. Maybe you take it into account somewhat. But I, to me, I just ignore spring training stats. What do you think? Is that your answer? What? Are you there? You don't hear me? I hear you now. Go ahead. I'm going to leave that in, by the way. 
Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think spring training stats are worth anything, but you can see things in spring training that are that can teach you if a guy's guy's ready. I think that's it, really. It's like it's it's a, is a guy done or is a guy just now ready to play? I think that's about all you can tell. Yeah, ignore the stats, but pay attention to what you see. And, and again, that's not me because I don't know what to see, like, like you know Derek Johnson and, the, and those guys. So I think that's really the answer. All right, Hooper Powell. His question is this. Uh, last two questions here quickly. We'll, let's power through these. Wow. Unlike our friend Risto, I will keep it short and sweet. And that's the key to these uh, these questions, uh, Patreon Burn. family. Short and pithy. Um, who, if any of the non-roster invitees, comes northeast with the team? It's Big Mike Heineman, right? What about D. Strange Gordon? Is he a non-roster invitee? Yeah, that's actually... I wanted to just wanted to talk about Big Mike one last time, but that's Big who Mike. I think. I mean, I think I think the, you don't think he makes the team. I think he makes the team. Um, I think he makes the team. I was wishing. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's D. Strange Gordon, Strange Gordon, or is it Strange Gordon? How about uh, Mark Payton? Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, he's probably still there. What about Travis Jankowski? What about him? He can't still be on the team, is he? No, he's not. Being- he looks like Bronson Arroyo. Those guys are going to, like, they're going to run out of letters. <laughs> After uh, Strange Gordon, I think actually the, the answer is going to be probably Heineman. I think he's got a real chance. 29-year-old well, first base. When you're versatile center field and first base, it's hard to keep you off the roster. There, now you're talking. Tyler Naquin, the guy they uh, invited that was with the uh, Indians, I think he's got a shot. But, uh, oh, I think he'll make it. But that's an awful lot of lefties in the outfield. Yeah. 31-year-old. Yeah, Mark Payton is still around. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I thought I, you were they, kidding. They brought him back somehow. I know <laughs> I wasn't kidding. I just don't know what they're going to do with him. Uh, listen, on, on the offensive side, the non-roster invitees are Jonathan India, Alfredo Rodriguez, Strange Gordon, Naquin, Dwight Smith, TJ Friedel, and Narciso Crook. Ah, I saw that guy. Uh, we got his autograph last year at the, at the Columbus Clippers Louisville uh, Bats game, or I guess two years ago now. Really? You know, yeah. the last time I saw him, I think, was in Godfather 2. <laughs> not, not who you're thinking. No, different guy. Yeah. Um, Errol Robinson. Man, they got some guys that just have no... I mean, some good for them. feel like auto-generated, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it's like a out-of-the-park baseball, that oh, game. Chris Oakey's playing position X as well. Oh, nice. Nicky Delmonico, Chesler Cuthbert. On the pitching side, non-roster invitees, Hunter Green, he's not going to make the team. Vladimir Gutierrez, actually, he's 26. He actually has a shot. He's been great. Um, none of the other pitchers. Cam Bedrosian, maybe, in the bullpen. I, don't know. I mean, some of this, you know, all this is going to depend on injury. Yeah. You know, who's healthy, who can play where. Is Wade Miley out? Okay. Is Lorenzen in the rotation? Okay, now there's a bullpen spot open. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name to you, and you tell me whether this is a Cincinnati Red or the name of someone uh, someone that's in camp with the Cincinnati Reds or someone that was on the original Star Trek series, a character Bo on the Takahashi. Original... <laughs> you beat me to it, Bo Takahashi. <laughs> he's, a, uh... he's a Red. All right, last question. Let's do this. Joey Gaditza. Joey says, "Good evening, gentlemen." Well, thank you, Joey. Of the current Res roster, if five guys were in a band, who would be the lead singer, rhythm guitar player, lead guitar player, bass player, and drummer? 
Jeez, a big band. It's actually hard. Yeah, that is a. All right, so Which lead singer. Hard? I'm going with. Uh, actually, I think I'm going with Vado as the lead singer. I think that is like the, like the captain. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, <laughs> I see the message you just sent me, Chris. By the way, and that's fantastic. Um, tweet it, Chris, if you want to know what it said. Uh, so, Votto lead singer, rhythm guitar. First of all, where's uh, Jesse Winker? He's in there somewhere. Yeah, Winker for sure. Lead Are guitar? Uh, so, Winker is definitely not going to be like the drummer. He has to be up front. Yeah. Tucker Barnhart's the drummer. All right, yeah. Maybe? No? No, that's good. That's good. You need a steady guy on the rhythms. Um, I'm thinking you get Blandino and you get India in there for the oh. hair. Yeah, India's lead guitar. Yep. And I think I think uh, Blandino rhythm guitar, since we're splitting it up like and, that, according to Jewish. Right, band. and Max Schrock on on cowbell, and you're done. <laughs> there you go. That's your that's your band. The only worse band than that would be the E Street Band. Brutal. Sorry, had to do it. All right, that's enough for tonight. Good grief, we've beaten this thing to death. Chris, you got any final thoughts? It's nine-hour podcast is brought to you by the Big Fifty. <laughs> Go buy it and leave a five-star review. Subscribe to the whatever I, I, the stuff. I always talk about. It. I don't care. Do whatever. whatever you want. Do whatever. Do whatever you want. I don't care. I really don't care at this do point. What makes you feel good? Yeah, just enjoy it. For uh, Chris Garber and Nikki Delmonico, this is Chad Dotson saying, "So long, everyone." Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.